How quickly can you quack it? Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. But I, uh, I discovered this pen, a uh-huh. little gimmicky pen that a friend of uh, mine had given me for Christmas a couple years ago. It has a little duck head on it, a little rubber duck. Okay. And when you squeeze the duck head, it goes... What? <laughs> <laughs> That's the most amazing thing. I know. Oh, but it gets more amazing, Scott. <laughs> because for some reason, the duck has a little light bulb in its beak. Wow. And when you squeeze... And when you squeeze it, not only does it, it actually flashes the light. <laughs> How quickly can you quack it? Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'd be an awesome buzzer. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, I totally use that. If we, if for some reason we needed that, I have one now. Yeah. It's I, a very morning show too. Oh my gosh. It makes <laughs> me so happy. And he gave this... He's like, it was just a dumb thing I found at the bookstore. I'm like, you don't know. This is this, this is, is perfect. perfect. This is everything I ever wanted so in, a pe- in a pen. <laughs> in a pen. And in a duck. All I want to do is squeeze its head and it makes an amazing <laughs> quack noise. That's all yeah. I want at my ducks. Um, I had a uh, another kind of bizarre family moment that is great, I guess. Is great question mark? Okay. Uh, when my niece today told me that I sound just like Prince Hans on Frozen. Wow. Yeah. So she's like, you sound, you, could... like you sound like Prince Hans. Okay. Great. Take that's, that. That's Take exactly that what I want to sound like. I want to yeah. be the villain. I want to be a, a, a Disney jerk. <laughs> that's rough. Yeah, I, I really don't know how to, I mean, who's who's the voice actor in that? Is that like a person? Is that is that <laughs> someone I should know? Is no, that... it was a monkey. Yep. Yeah. They had trained to uh, speak human language. It's really quite impressive. That actually sounds right for sounding like me. So yes. Oh. Oh. I took your joke and made it worse. You depressed my joke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, he has a separate Wikipedia page. Of course, not the voice actor. No, the the character. The character. Who Who is the voice actor? Uh, voice. Santino Fontana. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's great. It's pretty great. It's pretty liberating uh, because you're not, it's kind of the freest sense of, you know, when I wanted to be an actor, I always think of like trying to get to the place of the floor. To get to the place of the floor is lava. That feeling of like you're a little kid, you're just playing like uh, the ground is lava. If I can get to that place (laughs) of finding like here's where I'm playing like a kid, um, it's pretty pretty thrilling, and the great thing about animation is you're not limited by anything physical or even logical. You know what I mean? That's what he said when no. he was asked, like, what he thought of his role. No, Santino, I don't know um, what you amazing. mean. What? Are you yeah. okay? Do you need Do you need <laughs> to sit down, Santino? Wow. <laughs> I think you may have stood up. Yeah, you sound like <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. I guess that is my uh, that's that's my thing. That now I have to. I, I guess I'm gonna have to embrace that. On the upside, I don't sound like the snowman. Yeah, so you gotta take what you can get. Yeah. Do you not? Do you not like warm hugs? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Clearly, I do not. If I'm I going to sound my like... hugs tepid at best. <laughs> if I'm going to sound like that guy. So uh, this is We Should Know Better, uh, the podcast where we hitchhike through Wikipedia. Uh, I am Sky. I'm Kyle. I am Tim. <laughs> And I, and I am the Tim. You, you can edit that millisecond out. No, can, don't. Can, no, no more editing. My philosophy's changed. You can, you can. I've been listening it. to the podcast method, and he says no editing for content's sake. You can tailor I, that. I don't think that's what he actually means, Scott. <laughs> no, that's actually what he means. He just means you guys should be good enough to do this, like it was a live show. That's not true. We're, we're not, not. We're not good enough no. to do. <laughs> don't, don't, don't think that's a thing. That's not a real thing. <laughs> So Kyle and Tim will be competing tonight to get from one specific Wikipedia page to another, uh, only via the links within those pages. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, you guys are starting at shipping and going to Hiao Miyazaki. Uh, wait, you need to clarify shipping because Wikipedia is giving me like eight kinds of shipping. What kind? Shipping underscore fandom. See, that's the one I was afraid you were going. Yep, for. it's that kind mm-hmm. of shipping. Why? I was going to have you guys go from shipping to cargo because I thought that would be funny. Yeah, that uh, would be funny, Sky. But then it actually turned out to not be funny in the long run because you guys would end up on like like different Boeing uh, models and like cargo ships and it just wasn't very interesting stuff. Oh, fine. Uh, we, sh- you know. we shouldn't be uh, offending the shipping industry. Yeah, or... I'm the sure they... Oh, they're boring. Sorry. What? Or the episode I did about vehicles just in general. You well, know. those are cool. <laughs> Limousines are fun. No, no, it's okay. I, I'm not going to take that personally or anything. <laughs> a limousine is much more fun than a cargo ship. That's although true. I would not want to be in either of them. That's fair. Yep. Okay, so, so shipping underscore fandom to Hayao Miyazaki? Hayao Miyazaki, yeah. Okay. Art Studio Ghibli. I think we can make this happen. Right. So for people who are not aware, we need to explain this before my game. You guys are going to love this. Um, so uh, shipping, shipping fandom is relating to the idea. Oh, no. It kind of stands for relationship or friendship. And uh, it's basically when fanboy or fangirls, um, not fanboy or fangirls, like there's only one fanboy in the world. Yeah, just a single one. Yeah. It's- when fanboys or fangirls... Uh, ship their characters as it's known where they basically take two characters from a show they like like uh harry potter and any they, anything they put them in a relationship mm-hmm. that they don't have so star trek you have dumbledore you know in a relationship with i don't know any other old person from harry potter so yeah, it's getting they, creepy they might be a little, uh, uh, the, the potions teacher hey, no uh yes yeah. no or snape snape that's, yeah that's snape so snape <laughs> And Dumbledore hooking up. Nope. That's shipping. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Super weird. Doesn't <laughs> actually doesn't doesn't Snape kill Dumbledore? Yes, he does. Cause he loved him that much. No, he didn't. That's uh, not why. That's not oh. the point. But this doesn't it's read okay. The books at all. It's okay in, in fandom. Everything everything goes. But I have to tell you that before we actually get to the page, because <laughs> the game that you guys are gonna be playing Oh, um, I'm going to give you guys, uh, basically two members of a relationship and you have to convince me, I'm going to give each of you two, basically two different people. Oh boy. And you're going to have to convince me why your pairing is the best pairing. Awesome. One of us, one of us is obviously 
thrilled by this much yes. more than the other. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be the theme of tonight's episode. Is One of us Tim is and I being, so being totally into this and, and, and Kyle just shaking his head. <laughs> that's the sound of Kyle shaking his head. <laughs> yep. All right. So we'll start with you. Well, we'll start with Tim. <laughs> so Tim, uh, give me, uh, you, you need to give me two numbers. Uh, one through 17. Okay. So um, two and seven. Two and seven. Mm-hmm. You have Drew Carey. Oh, God. <laughs> and Matthew McConaughey. Wow. <laughs> so convince, you're going to have to convince me. Um, I'll give you a few minutes while Kyle picks out his. So to 17, though. Why? One is to that, 17. Oh, uh, is that, wait, back up. Are these all the celebrities you could think of? These, <laughs> I just made a list until I felt like this was enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. I had 15. I was like, oh, wait, that would be good, too. Oh, that one would be good, too. Okay, well, then 16 and 17, obviously. (laughs) But I mixed them up. (laughs) You have Guy Fieri. (laughs) You have Guy Fieri and a rock. And what? A rock. Just a rock, as in like a pet rock. Yes, it's like just a rock. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, well, Tim, let's do this. Okay. <laughs> well, go to. I actually need to look up Matthew McConaughey to remember what he looks like because I think of I think Matthew McConaughey, but in my mind I get Owen Wilson. I just yeah, yeah I get like a pretty sandy basic, Owen Wilson. Yeah, the the same person. Uh, McConaughey just takes his shirt off all the time. I always picture him sandy too. I don't know why. I suppose. I guess. I I don't really know. Yeah. Well, so Drew Carey and Matthew McConaughey. Drew Carey is is a little easy because a fat, funny guy is like a wild card. You can pair it with anything. That's true. Um, As uh, television sitcoms have taught us. Mm. Um, But I do think that pairing these two would be sort of like a a more classic uh, Jonah Hill and um, like Paul Rudd. Or whoever else Jonah Hill has been with in movies. Who's he with in the interview? How, how about how about just Abbott and James Costello? Franco? I mean. James Franco. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah. So this is that a more classic work. kind of version for for the um, the discerning. more mature generation, more discerning. Yes. Okay. Um, the '90s kids who grew up with uh, the Drew Carey show. Wait, wait. They're the more discerning generation. Uh, that was that was classic television. That's me. Yeah. God. <laughs> That's our viewership. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Matthew McConaughey was an interstellar. Yeah. Yeah. That Andrew the... Carey is the host of The Price is Right. It fits. I don't... Uh, what? Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. My answer. I'm done. <laughs> well, okay. uh, Guy Fieri and and a rock, which I'm really <laughs> trying hard not to make it Dwayne Johnson. Right. Because, or rather, as I, I think it's actually in his contract that you have to say Dwayne the Rock Johnson every time you say it. Right. Uh, of course but, it is. <laughs> I mean, that would be amazing, <laughs> by yes. the way. And I kind of, you know what? Screw your, your test. I'm going to make it about that. Because. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so much personality there. Yes. See, see, they would go all around. I mean, because you can imagine immediately, I don't even have to try for this. Because uh, you would be able to have Guy Fieri doing his crazy 
um, his, his crazy, uh, weird, you know, diners and dives and whatever, and making these ridiculous things with horrible sauces and just mixing ketchup with everything because, you know, he has the, the spiky hair to prove that he has that personality. And then you have the rock going with him. And, uh, the, really the show would be centered around, um, him teaching Dwayne, the rock Johnson to cook things. Uh, because at the end of every show, uh, as they were, you know, preparing the the actual food, uh-huh. he'd be able to say, uh, "Can you do you smell what the rock is cooking?" <laughs> oh, gee, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> oh, knock it down. Gosh, this is hard. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, that was so good at the you, end there. You made this happen, Sky. You made this happen. Yeah. I hope you're happy with yourself. But you're disqualified. Ah, because the rock is not a rock. Ah, so sad. And Tim Tim needs to win it just because his comparison <laughs> of, of James Franco and Seth Rogen is like so perfect. It really but, is. Oh no, that's not Seth Rogen. Um Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. But it Who is are you talk- what? they're the same person. They're Jonah, the same person. Yeah, they're kind of the same, but Jonah Hill has more of a doughier um, consistency um, no. that is associated <laughs> with Drew Carey. Although I do give credit to Drew Carey for losing a lot of weight recently. Cause yeah, totally. That's probably you said the interview. He did, and Jonah Hill is in that too. Oh, but he's yes. not like okay. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's uh, not oh, okay. I think he plays their producer, something like that. I oh, don't know. That's I, Seth Rogen. Definitely meant Seth. Oh wait, I am thinking of Seth Rogen. Yeah, yeah. you guys are yeah. thinking of Seth Rogen and so we, Jonah we're Hill. So we both disqualified. Dang, we're terrible. Both of you lose. This this, this whole thing is null. Good night, I get to everyone. play this game by myself. Yep. Oh, well, go ahead. See you later, Sky. Just I, I I put a lot of heart and soul into this list. Remember when I was remember when I was sitting with my computer while you were eating chili, Tim, or or watching the Avatar. <laughs> That's, that, that's when you put the heart into this? Yes. Like, like, a, like a 40 minutes ago? Do you guys want to give me more numbers just to hear what you could have gotten? Yes, I absolutely want to know what all of the rest of them are. Okay. Nine and uh, 14. Winnie the Pooh and Pikachu. Yes! Well, it rhymes! <laughs> that's all you need. Yep. They already Winnie have the their... Pikachu. Yeah. Or uh, they already have their celebrity uh, couple name would be Winnie Chew. Winnie Chew. <laughs> no, it'd be it'd be Poochu. Peekapoo. Oh no! Yep, no. Tim wins that Peek- one. That's... No Peekapoo. But uh, Peekapoo. I think yeah. Peekapoo is pretty good. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go with five and twelve. Snow White and Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> yes. Yep, I'm so good, good with that. Uh, 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 one and three. Barry Manilow and Mary Shelley. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, that could let's, be pretty romantic, I guess. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'd ship it. Uh, let's go 11 and 7. Why not? Chef Poiradie and, well, Matthew McConaughey is 7. Oh, dang. I'll give uh, you 8. eight. That's eight. Florence Nightingale. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's pretty good, too. Helping the troops. All right. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, who else did I have on this list? I had H.P. Lovecraft. I tried to kind of gear it towards our show. Uh, Launchpad <laughs> McQuack was on here. <laughs> Chitara. Wow. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Oh. J.K. Rowling. I think that's the ones that you were missing. But yeah. And J.K. Rowling. I like that. She's not even, she's a real person and, you know, just like not even really related to, well, I guess, yeah, people ship the Harry Potter characters all the time. So, right. all right, fine. 
Yep. Well, that was amazing. And yep. you still See. haven't picked a winner. So No, I did. Tim wins. Oh, oh what? Yep. Oh. You were so disqualified. Right. Even though Tim was talking about the wrong person. Yeah. Everything yeah, works was, out. Right. It was, they were still He knew what he, he knew what he's talking about. He knew the essence. So yeah. did I. I had a whole joke planned around it. I know. And I need to discourage you a little bit more with that. No. <laughs> no, just no, no luck. That's never to, gonna We need to keep the dad jokes to a minimum. Never gonna happen. <laughs> oh man. I'm just putting that out there now. <laughs> Alright. Well, you have uh you've dragged this out long enough trying to avoid going to shipping, so No, I've actually been reading it to try to find a link, <laughs> but go on. Alright, Tim. <laughs> We're on shipping. So I, I love that. I mean, there, there's a universe out there um, of this things to ship. Yes. But they give three, three distinct case studies in this yes. article. Um, they have uh, the MTV animated series Daria. Wow. What? Uh, oh, Harry yeah. Potter. Okay. And Xena Warrior Princess. Yeah. That one I know about. These are like the archetypes. Like the, yep. <laughs> these are the, the core founding fathers of, oh. of shipping. Yeah, before we go on, uh, who do we, do either of you guys ship uh, characters? Two characters? No. Do you have what? I've not. I've not gone down this rabbit why hole. Why would you? Why would you take us to this page? I'll Sorry. tell you why. Because for the longest time, like I'm a nerd, so I know what shipping. Like I've known what shipping is, and I've heard of. Yeah. Oh, I'll ship it. Da, 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 da. Um, <laughs> I've never. Like I can't remember what, but like a week ago, something clicked. Where I was like, oh relationship that's why it's called shipping i never Wait, i never thought actually thought what? about why this was called shipping what did like they were just packaging each other what did you think was i happening? had no idea yeah i i didn't really even think about it it's just Stop. tim do you ship any characters i don't actively ship characters what i'm I mean, the one that hates this and i know and i actually have characters that i do this with wow what? <laughs> yes. I do this very thing that I despise. <laughs> That's I'm a nerd, Tim. I clearly I mean, always despise everything I, mean, I do. I have I have a few that I that I like as an idea, mm. but I don't like write fiction about that. Oh or no. Are, no, no, are you no, talking no, no. about oh, are, are oh. you talking about like oh like he, he you know he decided he doesn't like this girl and went with this girl instead, but he should have totally stayed with this girl. Is that what you're talking about? I would say that if I had to, yeah, yeah, essentially, like just like uh, what's the dumb Tumblr canon or no, yeah, head canon. That's what it is. Yes, head canon. Head canon. Tumblr. What, what's the word I was looking? Just Tumblr. Tumblr vocabulary, I guess. Yeah. But um, the character that, yeah, the way that they're describing here, just like, yeah, obviously these characters are meant to be together, so they just are. And that, that's the way that you think about it when you think about that series. Mm -hmm. um, now, I don't like, yeah, of course, I don't write fan fiction or anything like that about any of it. But yeah, like I've told you guys before that like Bowser and, and Rosalina totally are meant to be together. I always like this one is a little overdone in some well, circles. That's, it's fine. It doesn't but it's, it's one because I, I just like because I think it goes so well together is, is Carmen Sandiego and, and oh, Waldo. I am so I like that one. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love that one because yeah. it's just it makes so much sense. Of course it does. Just two people who just love to Never, travel the world and, and to don't want to be found. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. Mm -hmm. I think it's great. It's the ultimate escape. Yeah. That's a good one. And um, I played the Mass Effect series um, with uh, the female main character. Yeah. 
female shepherd. Mm-hmm. And I started off like um with um like Liara, one of the blue alien characters, as a romantic interest for her. And then I just sort of like, eh, okay, nah. And then the second <laughs> one I started going I started going with Garrus, who is just this kind of like sarcastic a... yeah. um, awesome character. <laughs> And now I, I cannot imagine any other way that that series could ever go <laughs> than those two ending up together. Wow. Yeah. I think it helps because I made it. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, and that's, I think that's part of the thrill is that you sort of, you have that feeling of like controlling these two characters' fates a little bit. Yeah. Having that little sense of control. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's, that comes with the territory of being a fan is that you you feel like you're so invested that you do have some control over your head cannon. Yes. Which is the cannon in your head. Yep. In, in, in every sense. Some other terms associated with shipping are bro OTP, bro tip. I'm, I'm guessing it's bro TP. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, bro TP. That makes sense. Which is a portmanteau with terms bromance and one true pairing. Also true. Yeah. Which yeah. I actually, up until the last year, did not understand what OTP meant. Me neither. One true pairing. Well, you didn't. I mean, in fairness, you didn't know what it. What. <laughs> in fairness, you're just generally an idiot. <laughs> That's so. not what I said. It's <laughs> not what I said. Uh, anime manga communities shipping is often uh, referred to as pairings in Filipino pop culture. It is frequently called love teams. Love teams. I like that. Love teams. I actually really like that too. I think. Yeah. But it's still nowhere near as good as Chess Pigeon, though. Chess Pigeon is still the best slang that I've picked up through this show. That is pretty great, yeah. I really want to use that. Yeah. Um, I am going to choose as my link. Um, I'm going into the Xena Warrior Princess uh, oh, section okay. of the case studies. Okay. And I'm going to go with Star Lucy Lawless. Wow. I have a method. Lucy Lawless. Okay. I have a Tim, hope I and think- a plan. I, I should say we, for our listeners who might not know, except all of you do, because if you listen to this show, you know who who Miyazaki is. But he's a Japanese uh, animation director, essentially. Did Spirited Away, House Moving Castle. Those are his popular ones. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Tim, I think we may actually be doing a similar... Uh, a similar strategy here, because I'm going to go up in the etym- etymology section... They're, um, they've got uh, do, 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 something, something, Kirk and Spock from Star Trek, blah, blah, blah. X-Files, who believe the two main characters, Fox, Mulder, and Dana Scully, should be or were engaged in a romantic relationship. I'm going to go with Dana Scully. Oh, oh interesting. Now we need to ship our two choices. I don't think we have to work that hard at that, Tim. <laughs> I think- <laughs> Lucy Lawless. Xena Warrior Princess Dana and Dana's Scully, and fan fiction. That's absolutely a thing. <laughs> Agent Dana Scully has dreams about her past life as a as a mysterious warrior. Yep, there we go. <laughs> Whoa. Nope. Th- why this would one you makes, that? This one makes her so <laughs> they're like the same person. Oh no. They're like just different lives of the same person. Wow. Xena Gabrielle crooned. Xena, shh. Gabrielle, roused by the sound of her friend's distress, no, stop, stop. had moved to comfort the warriors who, in her sleep, was laid vulnerable. No. The sleeping form again, Gabrielle's arms whimpered. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> stop. 
<laughs> Stop reading it, Sky. <laughs> oh, oh All close. Back. The tab's closed. Good. That was, that was this, scary. Is, this is how it goes. What have I done to us? You should Damn have known. Help. All right, Lucy Sam. Lucy Lawless. Is a New Zealand actress, activist, and musician best known for for those that character that you should in, never search fan fiction of on Parks and Recreation. She was in Parks and Recreation as well. Oh yes. my gosh! Was yes. she? Oh yeah, it was great. Yeah. She uh, she plays. Uh, have you watched the show? Yeah. Uh, Ron Swanson falls in love with a lady oh. uh, later in the season, and she is a she is a uh, middle school principal who takes takes you know no guff or anything like that and they they get along very well gotcha it's amazing cool yeah anyway yeah she was on that show and then also this other thing too yep um so let's talk a little bit about her time uh as xena warrior princess uh the show originally uh was a spinoff of hercules legendary journeys in that episode, she played a man, or one episode, she played a man-hating Amazon named Lizia. She went on to play another character, Lila, in the first season episode as Darkness Falls. She received her best-known role when she was asked to play a villainous warrior woman named Xena in the episode of The Warrior Princess. Did and then they were like, spin-off. No. I watched a little bit of it. I remember being a kid and my dad watching it and being I remember at the time thinking, why is my dad like this show? It's about girls. Yep. <laughs> this is dumb. And, and then so she realized... <laughs> Apparently, now looking back, let's see here. Um, makes so much sense. You're like, that's what shipping is. Astronomer Michael E. Brown nicknamed his newly discovered dwarf planet Xena, finding this name more convenient to use than the then official designation 2003 UB313. Wow. Uh, when the object was determined to be larger than Pluto, it gained international attention and forced a year long debate among astronomers as to the definition of a planet. So, this is where it started, apparently. Wow. The object's na- nickname Xena was used in the press. New Scientist magazine pulled the public on their prefer or their preferred final name for the so-called tenth planet, and Xena ranked fourth. Lawless actually rang up Mike Brown in December 2005 to thank him for his senseless act of beauty and claim <laughs> that she never dared hope the name would stick. Yep. Eventually, both it and Pluto were deemed not to be planets. Yep. Aww. Yeah. Um. So in 1996, while taping an appearance on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, uh, she suffered a fractured pelvis when the horse she was riding lost its footing in the studio parking lot. Wait, 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 wait. Yep. Back up. There's there's another paragraph that is only one sentence, but is a very important sentence about this this, uh, dwarf planet. Although Xena is now officially known as Iris... uh, Brown made an indirect tribute to Lawless by naming Iris's moon Dysonomia? After the Greek goddess of lawlessness. Oh my gosh! Oh, that is that is the most fanboyish depth of nerdiness. Yeah, oh. and and you're mad at me for making a dad joke. That yep. is the biggest dad joke. That is a dad <laughs> dad joke of the stars. Yeah. Oh, of course this guy. Of course this guy did this. Uh, someday look into the naming of uh of Pluto and all of the and Pluto's moons. It's it's actually one very involved dad joke. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I guess I'll have to look into that. Sorry, Tim. Sorry to cut you off. 90, 1997, she was named one of the most uh, the 50 most beautiful people in the world by People. Uh, <laughs> days earlier, uh, she inadvertently exposed her chest as she concluded a performance of the national anthem at, a, at an NHL hockey game. What? Wait, what? <laughs> one. Wait, what? How, was this? I would. 
1997. Wow. It was between the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim and the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> oh my uh, Wallace was quoted in Newsweek as saying, obviously, I was mortified. It was quite a bit more exposure than I want. Oh. It was like a wardrobe malfunction before. That was a thing. Um, before it was a thing. Or Janet Jackson, yeah. Huh. So, um, she also does some uh, Broadway. She was in Greece as Rizzo. <laughs> She's done a lot of. Um, I, I could see her doing that. Yeah. She's done a lot of bit parts on shows uh, recently. Mm-hmm. She was in Spartacus, though, as a recurring character. Oh. Um, what I'm going to go for, and what I was hoping was on here, she is recently uh, was in Agents of Shield. What? Hmm. Yep. Wow. She lasted one episode. Oh. Oh. Okay. And then she died. Oh, so hard. Spoiler. Sorry. So you're clicking oh, no. on Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield, yes. All right. Very good. I don't know what you're doing doing yet, but I know. You're doing I, know. It. I know exactly what he's doing. What are you talking really? about? All yes. Right. Well, well, I guess you'll <laughs> reveal it to me. Um, all right, Dana Scully. So how about so, the X Files? Do you guys watch the X Files? I was going to say that I have nothing to actually contribute about Dana Scully, except that I never watched the show when yeah, I was a kid. I was, too, was I was too scared. I was, no. I was wow, kind of I can freaked see out why. by it too. Yeah, I, but now, like nowadays, I would, I would definitely watch that show. Aliens were like my number one fear when I was. I was a kid. going to say, yeah, I know that that's a thing for you, Sky, but I, I'm really surprised because uh, this is, this is, I guess, weirdly classic, you know, TV in this sense. I, <laughs> I never got to watch it um, because my parents, you know, anything involving extra extraterrestrials is just off limits. That's just yeah. ridiculous. It's just silly, you know. So um, I never got to watch it at all. So I, all I know is the opening of the or the opening theme, which I only ever heard on uh, weird like collections of uh, like TV music that you would see commercials for. Huh. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Infomercial so I, sort of deals. Yeah. So uh-huh. I would I always heard the opening thing. I'm like, oh, that's the one from the X-Files. And I was like, I should watch it. No, I can't watch that. I don't know much about her, except that I've always thought of her as sort of like a female Joe Friday, if that makes any sense. Kind or of? Sar- Sergeant Friday. Yeah, as, as yeah. she was very much like only interested in facts. You know, she's not – she's always a skeptic. Right. So um, she uh, she's an interesting character, I guess, because – uh, I don't know, you know, she, her, know. Her, her, her skepticism plays against Fox Mulder, who is ridiculously, um, improbably named, uh, yes. even, even more than Dana Scully. Although I do love that, um, uh, the character as as far as the character goes as a young girl, Scully's favorite book was Moby Dick, because of course it is. And she came, she came to nickname her father Ahab from the book. And in return, he called her Starbuck, which is sort of sweet in its way. It is sweet. And, and due to this, she named her dog Queequeg, which is probably kind of insulting to Queequeg. But sure. Yeah. Uh, Poor Queequeg. Yeah. Did you guys, when you heard about um, the X-Files, did you, did you also have a weird, did you have a, like a weird time where you were trying to figure out if Fox Mulder was a person or a thing? Because oh, like that, a robot? Like that name is just ridiculous. <laughs> no, it never no one, really bothered me that much. No one calls. No one does that. That's not a name. Fox Mulder. Fox yeah, Fox Mulder. is a crazy, is a crazy first name. 
Yeah. And to have a last name like that, which is yeah, not a... <laughs> you're right. That combination is you just mean... completely... Like, Fox Smith works. That would be easier. I Tom, would Mulder. Tom Mulder yeah. lives down the street. Fox <laughs> McCloud always worked. Yeah. He was, yeah. A, well, he was, he was a, fox a fox who yeah. drove <laughs> a space plane. Fox. Yeah. Well, I, I think it'd be even worse to actually be a fox and be named Fox. <laughs> because that's just be like one of us walking around named Human. Yeah, uh, it's true. Oh, hello, Human Latchaw. Although, although it would be even worse to be uh, to be a fox and be named like Otter. I mean, that would just be annoying. <laughs> that would be worse. Yeah, you're right. Um, anyway, yeah, anyway. I don't know what else we're going to talk about because none of us know this show very much. So yeah, no worries. Do you got um, a link? I do. I'm going to go with Julian Anderson herself. Oh, who is okay. the care or the human who plays <laughs> <laughs> human? The who human who plays Tina Scully. <laughs> All right, cool. Julian Anderson. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. We're back to Agents of Shield, which. Yep. Is a television show that I am sad that I watched about Marvel. Yeah. I think it's pretty good um, about B-list Marvel characters, <laughs> but the but, ones without superpowers. Yeah, right. That's the cool part. The ones with um, super personalities. It's the X Files for modern day. And speaking of which, in January 2013, Joss Whedon, who created the show, deflected any direct influences from other series, such as the efforts of Fox Mulder and Dana Scully at the X Files. <laughs> He's lying. <laughs> Yep, and explained that while the show would involve people with powers and the spectacle of science fiction storytelling, it would focus on, quote, unquote, the peripheral people, the people on the edges of the grand adventures. Eh, okay. So, so basically, people that you usually don't want to hear about. <laughs> yep. But you give them a personality and they, you know, they become a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, let's see here. So Phil Coulson is, I, I love the character of Phil Coulson. He's interesting, yes. And just how he... He was just this character that appeared in like the the Marvel Universe sort of movies, yeah. As just sort of the secondary kind of kind of straight man, but comic relief at the same time, just for being like the straight laced um, government cool agent, government yeah. agent, yeah. Um, and like Samuel L. Jackson's right hand man, and then he gets killed, which which yeah, which yeah. stinks in the Avengers. And then he's like, "Oh, we're back because we got a show." <laughs> like like Joss Whedon, like. Reincarnates, literally reincarnated, or just uh, no, resurrected just, this yeah, guy's career. Revived, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there isn't really a whole lot you can say about this show if you don't watch it. Mm. Um, but there is a so whole lot about spoilers. Joss Whedon in here and the writing. I just, I can't imagine, you know, all of these characters that are owned by Disney right now. Mm-hmm. That you know, I don't, I don't the know. Way like, that Marvel has sort of tied everything together between film and comic book and television show is really quite clever. The, the ratings for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Have, have sort of gone down since the first season, but they're still using it as a vehicle mm-hmm. for um, they'll, they'll release trailers and such, but they'll also tie the plot line into the movies that are recently out. Right. Like um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier dealt with um basically the fall of shield uh because it got infiltrated by hydra spoilers again sorry people it's cool just trying this and there and that happens in agents of shield as well dun, like, dun. right around the same time as these two pieces of media are out there they're not communicating directly with each other but they're existing in the same universe and that is so cool in my head it, it's really that interesting is, that but- is shipping shipping media properties 
Well, yeah. it is, and I think it's interesting it's that really they're doing smart that. Marketing. Well, it, it's like they do with any of their, you know, because they're very practiced hands at this is what I'm saying because they've got, you know, you've got your main books of comic books, but then also the little, the little, the smaller runs that go along with and, oh, they tie in here and here, mm -hmm. uh, which is really all they're doing. I, I, but they're doing it in a visual, uh, visual way now rather than, uh, well, I suppose. Comics visual. are kind of visual. Yeah. yeah. And now they're doing even more with the Captain America sort of thing because in the past, Captain America, before he got frozen or whatever, you know, is now thought out in, in yeah. real life today. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, he knew a woman named Peggy Carter. And she Self ended up becoming, heart. yep, she ended up becoming an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And now they have this sort of miniseries going called Agent Carter. Mm -hmm. Using the same woman from the movie and tying it all together. And it's just, if you get into this stuff, it's just a rabbit hole that never ends. It just... They just keep fleshing out all this stuff, and it's interesting. That's to it. Yeah, I mean that's nerd stuff in general, right? That's, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty true. But I that's mean, how it, fandom it depends, happens. It depends on how, yeah, like the fandom will treat it that way. But it's it doesn't seem that often that the people who are actually creating it will treat it that way as as much. Yeah. But it seems that it happens here. You're you're humming. Why are you humming, Kyle? <laughs> I wasn't me. You I have, was Sky. Oh, I don't know you what you're talking about. Sky? Sky doesn't believe you, Tim. That's There's a like, character in here named Sky. That always makes me oh. so mad. Yep. And it is a girl. <laughs> it's a girl. Of course it is. It's either the yeah. girl or the dog. She doesn't have a last name either. It's just Sky. Yeah. Um, Improbably named. So anyway, okay, Kyle, why do you think I chose Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Because it's an ABC property and that will take you to uh, uh, Disney, which, uh, which produced several of Miyazaki's films that they brought over here recently. You are exactly correct. That's I thought so. And I can d skip the middleman and I can go directly to Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, right. old friend. So you're going to the Walt Disney co Company? Yes. Hello, old All friend. Right. We've been here before. Yes, we have. Oh, we'll be here so again. Much. All right. You're at Gillian Anderson. It's time to talk with you again. Okay. Uh... <laughs> no apologies. No apologies. Uh well, uh, here's an interesting thing about her. Uh, uh, she is bi-dialectical, I guess. I don't what? really understand how this works. With her English accent and background, she's not from... She's from Illinois, though. Like, where did, was she... Wait. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, they moved... Okay. She, uh. They moved to the United Kingdom when until she was 11 years old. But she's bi-dialectical. She has an English accent, and uh, with her English accent and background, she felt... She was mocked and felt out of place in the American Midwest and soon adopted a Midwestern accent. To this day, her accent depends on her location. For instance, in an interview with Jay Leno, she spoke in an American accent, but shifted it for an interview with English broadcaster Michael Parkinson. That's well, I great. Can, I guess you should say that, I mean, people do that all the time. Oh, um, Coach. But they don't do it. In real they life. They do it intentionally. Yeah, they do it like actors will take on accents the same, you know, whenever they want, but... Yeah. To be able to almost, it almost sounds like she does it subconsciously. Mm, it's very possible to be around the, the people that are to be familiar to the people she's around. Yeah, that's cool. Um, as a result of her guest appearance on Class of 96, Anderson was sent to the script for The X-Files at the age of 24. She was 24. Wow. Oh. Uh, she decided to audition because for the first time in a long time, or this is a quote, 
the script involved a strong, independent, intelligent woman as a lead character. Yeah. Uh, end quote. Uh, producer Chris Carter wanted to hire her, but Fox wanted someone with previous TV exposure and greater sex appeal. <gasps> Uh, but uh, even with more actresses, uh, Carter stood by Anderson and they cast her anyway. So there it you go. It seemed like it was a good choice. I mean, I didn't watch much of the show, but she seemed to do a very good job at her character. Yeah, she's I mean, Scully's kind of an archetype character if you think about it. So yeah. apparently she yeah, she's she did pretty well with that. You know what else they have on here is a what? list of her filmography. Yeah. Guess what she's done. Voiceover work. And for her. Uh, yeah, voiceover work for oh, Princess Mononoke. Right. Yeah, what? Tim. Oh, no. I how should you, remember that. How did you know she was in Princess Mononoke? That's I crazy. didn't. I just assumed because... You because, didn't know? No, no, because they use so many weird people for their voiceover <laughs> work. I was like... She is the one voice of... of uh, David, David Duchovny or uh, Jillian Anderson has oh. to have done voiceover work at some point. For, I am, for I am mad at myself. Oh. Because I knew that. Oh, oh, she's the she's the wolf goddess. Like, exactly. Yes, yeah. she's a pretty big deal in that movie. She's a big deal. <laughs> she's a big wolf in that movie. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Well, I, you're, on, you're on Princess Mononoke. Yep. Oh, Tim. Oh, I'm this dead. has been a devastating blow. <laughs> a devastating dead. turn. Because I have not found a single mention of like Studio Ghibli or. Oh no, Tim. I I just want to point out that. Not only did I, I correctly guessed what you were doing. No, no, because I was trying to do the same thing originally. But then I was like, oh, oh no, gosh. that's what Tim is going to do. I need to go this route. Yeah. Oh, bummer. Oh, Kyle, I thought you were going to be the one floundering at this one, but you totally it, pulled it out. Yeah. <laughs> it paid, I took a gamble and it paid off. All right. So you, you're at Princess Mononoke. Tim, do you want to talk about Walt Disney <laughs> at all? or? <laughs> Um, I mean, we have talked about them quite a bit in the past. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I will just ask a small question. <laughs> uh, between 1991 and the present, uh-huh. only one division of Disney has ever shown a negative net income. Oh. Which division do you think that is? Negative net income. Oof. Mm-hmm. Why don't Somebody you give did. us a couple choices and we will say which one we think it is. Uh, I think it might be too easy, but okay, we'll go. For it. <laughs> so the, the divisions are uh, studio entertainment, okay, consumer products, parks and resorts, uh, Disney Media Networks, and Ooh. Disney Interactive. Oh no! Uh, Disney Interactive. I really want to say that too. Yeah. <laughs> Disney Interactive. Is it still around? It's. It's first started out, I guess, around they they in the chart here they they show from 1996 to 2000, um, showing their um, financial reports, and then from 2001 now, to 2007. This is a video game the, company, right? These yeah. are yeah, this is their video game um, division. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, in 1996, the first um, figure they have here on the on the page, they were negative 300 million. Um, negative 402 million in 2000. Wow. Uh, and then I think they, they did some reworking. Uh, they brought it back in like 2008 and it was still like 258 million in the hole, 295 million in the hole, uh, 2013, 87 million in a hole in the hole, which was a significant improvement. And then 2014, they're 116 million in the black. Do you know why? 
what yeah what the odds what i was going to ask what contributed to that wait wait what do you think you know why kyle 2014 oh yeah it's yeah i have a very good guess is it the disney Disney infinity Infinity. yeah yes absolutely so 2013 even though they still had a uh, a negative um net at the end uh they made uh let's see 1064 million or that would be a billion bucks holy crap wow uh and then in 2014 they made almost 1.3 billion man that's all it takes is just one hit yeah yeah well one hit of you know hundreds of tiny toys i was gonna to say buy. yeah this is the this is the uh the teddy bear billy possum story all over again you just need the one thing and it needs to just hold right yep. this is the game where you can you get little figurines and you put them on a little stand and then you can play with them in the game which is essentially just taking what you would do with toys anyway but putting it on the tv right exactly um so I have two choices here to go. I have the TV As- Asahi Corporation, which is a Japanese network, and um, the series that they agreed upon to start airing on Disney XD, which is Doraemon. Hmm. I think I'm going to go with Doraemon. I've, I've never that, heard of Doraemon. It's I think cute. I think if you see the image of it, you'll, oh, you'll recognize it. This well, guy. Yeah, the blue <laughs> kind of cat-looking thing. I always yeah. thought it was a seal. It could be a seal. I don't know. I really don't know. I always that's well, just we're about way. to find out. Yep. <laughs> Dora Nico. Stray cat. Oh, well, uh, that's, that's less exciting. Oh, than a seal. Yes. I thought a blue seal was living how, with this kid. How many, how many cats do we animated cats are there really? And then to oh, have dozens. someone who's like, you know what? Let's you know, forget that. It's going to be a seal. That See? would be Japan. Yeah. 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 Japan would think that. Wouldn't anyway, that be more fun? So you're on Princess Mononoke. Yeah. Which is my third favorite Miyazaki movie. Wow. Okay. Movie, I think. It's very good. Two. Uh, Howl's Moving Castle. Good. Very good. Yeah. Is number one in my heart forever. You know what? I think Princess <laughs> Mononoke is my second. And then My Neighbor Totoro, maybe a third. I've actually still not seen that one. It's a good one. I think you'd like it. Yeah, sure. It's uh, very fun and, and, and light. <laughs> as opposed to stabbing wolves yes and nature i i really really liked this movie um but i did not see this movie until and this is a recurring theme with with steven and i is that um he will make a reference to a movie and i will be like i have never seen that movie and then we have to watch it uh just so i understand the reference and this is one of the cases where that has worked out very well yeah. uh, we we watched well it a while ago. Oh man, it was it was intense. Mm-hmm. I was not I was not prepared for how intense it was. And it came out in '97, so it's a little bit older. Again, yeah, I didn't realize it was '99 in the states, but yeah, no, I, I was I was very not ready for this movie when I when I initially saw it because I'd, I'd seen some uh, Miyazaki before that, mm-hmm. and it was always I mean they were storybook like tales, but. The, the the stakes never really felt that high, I guess, but right. it, it's very intense. I liked it a lot, and uh, Mononoke is a is a really cool heroine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super cool movie, and oh look, right in the first line, uh, anime epic action historical fantasy written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Hayao Miyazaki, Steven Spielberg. 
Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> he actually, this is a, he actually based the first Star Wars on this. Congratulations, Kyle. Thank you. You've arrived. Yeah, and, and, and Doraemon still doesn't have anything oh, no. about Miyazaki or Studio oh, Ghibli man. in it, so I, I went off base. Really? I, I, yep. I'm surprised they don't have some kind of but link to it. This adorable little character has sold more than 100 million manga. What? Yep. Doraemon is sent back in time by a young boy named Suwashi Nobi to improve the circumstances of his grandfather, Nobita, so that his descendants may enjoy a better future. Wait, I'm sorry, wait, what? This boy yep. sent this cat back in time to the time of his grandfather in order to improve the life of his grandfather and then in turn improve the life of his ancestors or his descendants. That's... I didn't realize there were time travel elements to this. This is very weird now. Yeah. Oh, yes. And and he is able to pull like anything out. He has a pouch. Oh, that's a but that's like a, a kangaroo. Thing. Yeah, but you can pull like anything out of it, like like Felix the cat's. I was going to say of holding. Yeah. <laughs> How many video games do you think there are of this oh. of Doraemon? Um, there's gonna, so many, Kyle. I'm gonna go with like, let's say thirty. Sixty-three. There's sixty-three <laughs> Japanese-only video games. Yep. From platformers to RPGs. RPGs, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or an anime cat. Yeah, you know what? A Actually, a very well-loved anime. Cat. Yeah, as I say that, I I realize that that's completely ridiculous. Of course there are. Of course there are. On September third, twenty twelve, Doraemon was granted official residence in the city of Kawasaki, one hundred years before he was born. What? Wow. Well, he's from the future. I know. That's funny. That's awesome. <laughs> that's actually really clever. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that is a crazy thing. Well, cool. Very it's cool. Good to learn about Doraemon. Do we want to talk about Miyazaki at all? Sure. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's an interesting guy. Um, there's actually a movie about him. Uh, oh, about Studio Ghibli. Um, a movie just recently uh, came out about how they uh, about how Miyazaki works and uh, and how they have developed their films. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really interesting. This guy really does think like like he thinks in animation. Yeah. Essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess the. You know, his he grew up during the war. Like he was really young, and that he he was in cities that were getting bombed, and it says that it left a lasting impression on him, um, which totally makes sense when you think of some of his films, like well, there's bombing thing scenes in in Howl. Yeah, you want to know? Um, I mean, in that's not anywhere in the book if you've read it. Uh, he actually mm-hmm. he actually changed the the plot of Howl's Moving Castle um, to be more about the war rather than about this one weird like wizards uh, feud with another weird wizard. Yeah. Uh, it, it was interesting and I, I think it plays better than the actual, than the book. <laughs> yeah. I still like the movie better than the book. Of course yeah. I, you know, saw the movie first. So I wonder if that plays into it, but I'm certain it does. Yes. But yeah. Hooray. He's, he's super cool. Go watch some movies of his. <laughs> Yeah, and the thing about him is, like, I feel like I can recommend it to almost anyone. Like, there's there's a movie that I can say you'll probably like this, and it's a, I mean it's different for everyone, right? Like, yeah, yes. There's people that I would be like, oh yeah, my neighbor Totoro, you'll like that, and others where it's <laughs> like, yeah, you should you should watch, yeah, Princess Mononoke is more your line, you know, that'll that has a lot of meaning to it. Ponyo, or, yeah, or oh, Ponyo, yeah, Ponyo. Or, I forget about Ponyo. 
Kiki's Delivery Service. I don't think I've seen all of Spirited Away, but what I oh, saw of man, it... Oh, man, it's so good. I was not into it, so I think what? I need to see the whole thing. I think I like came in on a scene of it, and I was like, eh, this doesn't make any sense, and then left. No, of course not. <laughs> and so I, I should give it another chance. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it has, and this is a weird thing to to describe like he draw or he he has scenes where characters like cry like they have emotional breakdowns essentially sometimes but like he draws or directs i guess uh crying scenes really well yeah like there there's a scene in spirited way where the little girl just realizes what kind of uh like challenge she's up against and she just starts crying and every time i see it, i'm like this is, I feel this. This is, that's, yeah. it's perfect. It's like, he always makes tears look very strange, like very gobular and like, it looks really unnatural with the way they come down your face. And yeah. it always strikes me as often. It always makes me kind of like, oh, that's kind of weird. And, but I think that's what he's going for there. Like, yeah, yeah. I think he wants like, you to feel awkward. Yeah. It feels yeah. awkward watching this and it's, yeah, it's like, what is going on? And it's like, yeah, that's, that's what you're supposed to be feeling. You're in an awkward place. They're in an awkward place. Everything's everything's sad, but it yeah. will be better. It'll be better. I promise. To tie this uh, together with other pages you were talking about earlier, um, he's been called a feminist by Studio Ghibli president oh. um, Toshio Suzuki. Wow. Um, especially in his attitude to female workers, this is evident in the all-female factories of Porco, Porco Rosso and Princess Mononoke, as well as the matriarchal bathhouse of Spirited Away. Yeah. Yeah. Many of his films are populated by strong female protagonists. Oh, uh, Go against Valley, gender roles. Yeah, Valley of the Wind was Castle in the Sky. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Lots of uh, lots of very cool ladies. It's it's it kind of intrigues me a little bit that like his first the first real film that the studio made was a was uh, the Castle of Cagliostro. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. I, I don't know. Which was. Um, a film for another property, uh, Loop on the Third. Oh. And uh, if you don't know, like, the series that's the anime Loop on the Third is about this. It's a thief, sort of like a Robin Hoodish kind of thief who uh, has good intentions. Um, but, like, in the series, he's portrayed as kind of a lech and yeah. can be a real yeah. jerk. In the film, he's, he seems much more noble. <laughs> it seems it actually seems like a like more likable character. Um, if you've never seen that one though, it's definitely well worth watching. Yeah, huh. cool. It's yeah. got that cool sort of. Um, it got, has a little bit of a caper element to it, um, but it it feels a little weird because it's it's definitely he's working with another property, I guess anime property you could say because a lot of the stuff that he makes is based on other sources. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But if it definitely it sort of feels like that there's a little bit more of an influence from an outside source in it, but it hmm. still uh, is really good. Yeah, we should say that um, we watched The Wind Rises recently. I got it for Christmas. Oh. Um, and it's one, one that I've been meaning to watch. And, I mean, that's that's kind of a, a you know, borrowing a property of this dude's life. It's, it's supposed to be, you know, the biography of, of this uh, World War II plane designer. And we, we watched it, and it was good. It, there, But it was weird. I, I read up on it afterwards. Like, he fictionalized a lot of it. Like Oh, sure. His wife even having tuberculosis. Like, that was a huge part of the movie. Like, that was a central theme of the movie and him having to deal with this. 
his wife didn't have tuberculosis. Mm. Really weird. Um, Miyazaki's mom had tuberculosis from what I read earlier, but so just little things like that. That it, seems kind of that sounds right to put in. But well, he he, I think he really does work hard to put bits of his own life into each of his movies. But that's that's me. Yeah, I just didn't expect it to be in you know something that's so biographical like that. But oh, it works. This turned out to be even though I kind of groaned through the whole first part of this this turned out to be pretty okay yeah we talked about a lot of things none of us had any idea about <laughs> yeah x-files totally. oh. all those agents of shields agents yeah. of Se- well you know you know about agents of yeah. shield you represent it pretty well we're all just nerds in different ways guys so good job both of you but better job kyle yay <laughs> Aw, it's okay, Tim. You did, you did I still, I still won the shipping uh, competition. You I, did. Di- I disagree. Nope. I wholly disagree. I won. The Ferris Rock is Square. not an A-Rock. Nope. No, yep. he's not. And there's good reason for it. <laughs> uh, you guys can check us out on Twitter at WSKBcast. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Um, you can send us an email if you have a correction or you want to, you know, just chat us up. <laughs> uh, wskbcast at gmail.com uh, we're on Facebook so yeah please subscribe and uh, rate us on iTunes if you have a chance that would please, be very helpful yes. um, yeah I think that's all we have for this week and we will be back next week Bye-bye. Sound good, guys? bye bye right. see you later <laughs> so smooth <laughs> we are the smoothest yes